what I believe is one of the most important hours, if not the most important hour of my lifetime. And I want to be sensitive to that today. But before I get into the Word tonight and before we, uh, we have a time of prayer together, I do want to pause and want to take just a moment and going to ask you to join with me uh, in prayer for a young boy, a uh, young man, I should say. Uh, his name is Jaron. Uh, he's in Oklahoma, and that's about all I know of him, other than the fact that his mother uh, reached out and asked for us to pray. Uh, he has been in a state of addiction for many years and has a couple of children, and their grandparents are raising them and taking care of them. But outside of that, I don't know anything other than this, that my God is still able. He's still able to deliver, and uh, when someone asks, uh, we, we will pray the prayer of faith, believing, and uh, I still believe the word to be true. And I know there may be many miles between us and Oklahoma tonight, and it's probably safe to say that Jaron is not sitting in a church service tonight, but it doesn't matter where he is. God can go to where he is. And tonight, uh, I believe that it's important for us to, uh, to fulfill those requests when they are given to us. And uh, so I know you just sat down, but I'm going to ask you to stand with me uh, this evening. And I'm going to ask you to just, if you feel comfortable, join hands with the person beside you. If not, I understand. But I want you to just pray right now, not just for this young man, but for his family. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are a high priest that can be touched tonight. And Lord, today as we stand here in the cornfields of Indiana, Lord, praying and lifting up Jaron tonight, who we have never met, but Lord, we know this, he was fearfully and wonderfully made in your likeness and in your image. And Father, today I pray that there would just be a release of his life. Lord, that which the enemy has ensnared and, and enslaved him with. Father, I speak those chains to be broken off of him tonight in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, my Lord. Uh, Lord, you simply say in, our, in your word that we have not because we ask not. But today, Father, we're asking. Uh, we're not praying amiss, but we're praying specifically tonight for strongholds to be broken off of this young man's life. Uh, and Lord, I pray that there would be a visitation from heaven uh, that would come to him. Uh, and Lord, I pray that salvation would come to him. Uh, Lord, I pray that there would just be a stirring in his innermost being right now. Lord, Holy Spirit, uh, I pray you would go to him where he is. I don't care where he's at today. Uh, Lord, I pray uh, the Holy Spirit would go on behalf uh, of you and be on behalf of the prayers of your saints tonight. Uh, let it come into where he is and and I speak deliverance over this young man. Lord, I pray for his children. I pray for his parents. Uh, Lord, I pray that there would just be strength. Uh, Lord, I pray for supernatural strength. Uh, Lord, I pray that even now there would just be a captivating of the Holy Ghost uh, that would come to this grandmother. Uh, let her realize 
something's happening, something's changing, uh, something's breaking, Father. Uh, Lord, we're not here uh, just to be here, but Lord, we're here. Uh, Lord, calling on behalf uh, of a soul that's hanging in the balance. Uh, and Lord, today uh, we speak to every demonic force that would try to disrupt this, what you're wanting to do tonight, uh, Lord, on planet Earth. Uh, Lord, I know that there's hundreds of people, thousands of people uh, gathered in your house. Uh, Lord, I pray it be a time of visitation of the Holy Ghost uh, where lives would be transformed and changed, uh, where we would shake off a form of godliness uh, and once again we'd walk into the place of power uh, and anointing and authority. Uh, Lord, I speak deliverance over families. Uh, Lord, I speak deliverance over homes. Uh, I speak deliverance over communities and cities and nations tonight. Uh, Lord, we call it done uh, in the mighty name of Jesus uh, and God's people give a shout of praise in this house for a shout of deliverance. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'll give him a high praise. I'll give him a high praise this evening. Hallelujah. 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 I feel something breaking in the atmosphere. I just feel something breaking. I wish you'd just praise him another 30 seconds. You need to shake some stuff off. I know you went through some stuff this year. Uh, I know it's not all been a bed of roses, uh, but can I tell you, God is still good. Uh, He's still faithful. Uh, He's still with you. Uh, Can I tell you, you're not defeated this evening because you're still here. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody, I'll just serve notice to the devil and say, I'm not going to be defeated tonight, but I'm going to walk in the victory that I have in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. While you're standing, I'm going to read one verse with you, two verses with you maybe, but one verse for sure. Nehemiah chapter number six. Nehemiah chapter number six, and then you can be seated this evening, but Nehemiah chapter number six, beginning in verse number three. Nehemiah says, and I sent messengers unto them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease? Well, I leave it and come down to you. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm doing a great work. Say, I can't come down. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for your presence in this room. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for invading this room. Lord, I pray for the next few moments that you'd give us ears to hear and hearts to receive. Lord, I pray that there would just be a shifting take place in the hearts of men. Father, we are totally dependent upon you. And I pray for the next few moments that this vessel of clay would be anointed to speak that which you've given me in private. Let me publicly declare it today in a manner that would equip us, that would edify us to be the church and the people that you've called us to be. Amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this evening. 
Nehemiah chapter number 6, verse number 3. And I sent messengers unto them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. For a few moments tonight, I want to deal with for a, at the beginning on living a focused life. But I want to really dive in beyond that and take a few moments and share with you what I believe concerning the year that we're getting ready to step into. I believe it is going to require us to live lives focused on who we are and who God has called us to be. I believe that it can be summed up that 2023 will require the church to be a year of focus. May I ask all of us this question as we are preparing to ring in a new year. How are you living your life? Are you living for God or are you living for yourself? It's an honest question tonight for all of us to ask. But may I take it just a little further and may I ask what best describes you and I as individuals? Are we ones that are living a decent life? Or are we ones that are living a converted and committed, sold out life? They're very different. Oftentimes in the church world, we hear words such as this. Well, we're patiently waiting. We're waiting on the Lord. And I know there's scripture for that, but we have to understand that when the prophet Isaiah was speaking, he says, wait upon the Lord. What he was simply saying is not wait and do nothing, but he was simply saying that you and I, when you take that back to the original form, we are to become entwined together like a three-corded rope. We're to be joined together with God. We're, we, we have to be committed. We have to be surrendered. And it's not just waiting and doing nothing, but William Booth made this statement in his life. He said, I am not waiting on a move of God. I am a move of God. I want that to sink in for a few moments tonight. In the account that was given to us in Scripture concerning Jerusalem during the days of Nehemiah, we see the devastation that is present when men live without spiritual focus and spiritual fortitude. Let us revisit this time in history, and I pray that we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts just for a moment. I know this is a very familiar story for probably most of us in this room of Nehemiah rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. But I want us to go back to it because all of this historic account begins with a question. If you were to go back to Nehemiah chapter number 1 and verse number 2, you will find that Hananiah comes with other of the brethren. And they come into Persia where Nehemiah is the cupbearer of the king. He is in a place of comfort. He's in a place where nothing is really going wrong for him. He's in an honored place and things are well. 
for Nehemiah, but he asked the question. He said, I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped and that which were left of the captivity and the concerning the condition of the city, Jerusalem. This answer is heartbreaking to say the least that he hears when they respond. In verse number three, you find that it says that they're in great affliction and reproach. And oh, by the way, the walls of of Jerusalem is broken down and also the gates thereof are burned with fire. This struck a chord with Nehemiah in his place of comfort in such a manner that it says in verse number four through verse number six that he sat down and he wept and he mourned certain days. But not only did he weep, but he proceeded to say that I fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. This report struck him in his innermost being in such a manner that he could not continue in his current condition. We find that as he goes into a state of prayer, as he's bringing his prayer to a close, we find that it has struck a chord in his life in such a manner in verse number 11 that he says, Let now thy ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. He said, I pray thee also thy servant this day that grant him mercy in the sight of this man. He goes on to say, for I was the king's cupbearer. You have to understand that it was unlawful for him to not be joyful and pleasant when he walked into the presence of the king. And we find that when you go through this story, it says that in chapter number two, he walks in in a different manner than he's ever walked in in the presence of the king. His countenance is sad and He says, seeing that you're not sick, what is it that's bothering you? And he says, why are you in this demeanor? And he responds and says, how is it that I cannot be in this manner considering the condition of the city of the place of my father's sepulcher that lies in wait and the gates of the city is burned with fire? He continues to go on because we find that something had changed in his life over this time of prayer and fasting. And we find that something began to burn inside of him for him to become not just a hearer but a doer in this moment of time. We find that in verses number 4 and verses number 5 and the following it says, If it please the king, let thy servant go. Let me go that I may build it. Let me be the one that repairs it. This is an amazing task that is before him. He has only heard. He has not yet saw. But we find that upon his arrival after receiving permission, and we have preached this in many different ways throughout the years, and after obtaining letters that would convey him over from the king, And letters to get him the things that he would need to work with once he got there. After going out and surveying the situation for himself and been out in the wee hours of night before the dawning of the next day, he sees devastation. He smells the smoldering of the flames. 
He sees the broken down walls. He sees the gates that are missing. And his heart is heavy. But in Nehemiah chapter number 2 verses 17 and 18, we find that he calls those together that's around him. And I like how he words this. He says, you see the distress that we are in. He's no longer an outsider. He's putting himself in the mix with them. He said, in this place of distress that we are in, he says, and how Jerusalem is lying in waste and the gates thereof are burned with fire. He said, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we be no more a reproach. And he says, then I proceeded to tell them the hand of my God which was good upon me. It was almost immediately, however, upon expressing this desire in his heart and the people responding and saying, let us build. Immediately we find that Sambalat and Tobiah and Gisham, they began to laugh and they began to mock and they began to despise, if you read on in this passage of Scripture. But Nehemiah remained focused. By the time that we reach chapter 4 in the book of Nehemiah, you will find that the enemy is greatly disturbed by the rebuilding that's taking place. You will find that Sambalat and his buddies, they come when they heard the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches was beginning to be filled. And they began to conspire together. Verse number 8 of chapter 4 will tell you that they conspired together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and notice their purpose was to hinder it. Can I tell you, the enemy is still doing that very thing today. But nevertheless, Nehemiah says that we made our prayer unto our God and we set a watch against them day and night because of them. Nehemiah remained focused. Please stay with me. It did not deter him. But then we find that things began to escalate. And there began to be false accusations. But Nehemiah responds in verse 14 and 15 and simply says, Be not afraid of them, but remember the Lord which is great and terrible and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. It says that it come to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us that we knew what they was conspiring to do because God had brought their counsel to naught, meaning this, he stopped it. He said that we returned all of us to the wall and every one of us to our work. They remained focused. Which then brings us to chapter number six where we began tonight where now we see a different approach by the enemy because they realized everything that was happening was not working. and Therefore, they send word to Nehemiah. If you would have read the first two verses of chapter number 6, you would find that Sambalat said, can we just come and find a place to meet together in one of these villages? And well, let's just sit down and let's just work this thing out. Let's just negotiate some kind of deal. But Nehemiah said... I realized they wanted to do mischief to me. So I said I could not come down from the wall. 
Now, this did not just happen one time, but if you read through chapter number six, you will say that you will see where it says that they came on this manner four different times. And he says, I answered them in the same manner. But then we find another escalation. Nehemiah is still focused. But now you find that there begins to be a letter supposedly written saying the reason that you've done these things is because of the simple fact that you're wanting to be king over Jerusalem. And you've even got false prophets in the city prophesying that you are the man of authority. But once again, the Spirit of God helps Nehemiah remain focused in such a manner that he simply remains unmovable. And he simply says, there are no such things done. In verse number 8, as thou sayest, but you have created them in your own imagination, so to speak, and in your own heart. It is then that it did not stop there. We then see that the enemy, Sanballat and the others, they hired the son of Delilah to speak falsely, to make it look like it was his friend. He comes to Nehemiah and says, come, they're going to take your life. Come to the house of God and hide away inside. And by the unction of the Holy Spirit, Nehemiah says, I cannot do such a thing. He said, they are trying to trick me, so to speak, so that they can speak evil against me, so that they can say that I have sinned and invaded in a place that I should not be. And he says, I must remain focused. Through all of the opposition of the story, we find that within 52 days, there was a city that had been basically invaded continually. You will find that this time in history, if you want to read more about this season of historic events, not only can you read the book of Nehemiah, but you can read in Zechariah. You can read uh, in Haggai, the prophet of all of these times that was taking place. And you know that the temple uh, foundation was been built and it had been delayed and all kinds of things was going on. And the word of the Lord had come uh, through other men as well saying, Consider your ways because uh, is it time for you to live in sealed houses and, and my house lie in waste? And all of this stuff was going on at this time in history. But Nehemiah comes. He's not a, he, he's not a preacher man. He, he, he's, not a, he's not an elder or a deacon. He's not of the priestly hood. He, he's not the guy that is most likely to come to bring and lead a revolution. But we find that he brought a natural revival but then gave birth to a spiritual revival uh, because he understood uh, that things cannot continue as they currently are uh, and therefore you find it became so intense uh, that while they was working and rebuilding the wall you will find that they was had brick and mortar in one hand uh, and armor in the other uh, but yet we find supernaturally 52 days from the beginning to the end the walls was restored and the gates was hung and the enemy that had had free passage now had opposition.
position. Can I tell you tonight, we are in a place where things cannot continue as they are. I share this story with you to bring us to this point. We are entering into a year that is going to require us to be men and women of focus. We cannot just come and go through the formalities. We cannot just hope that we get it right. We cannot just casually walk through and say, well, I hope our children will be okay. No, you and I are going to have to take personal responsibility, much like Nehemiah did, and realize that those that came before us, God is not going to release them from the place of heaven to come back and to do the task that is before us today. You and I uh, find ourselves like a place that Israel found its place uh, in the midst of affliction uh, and even reproach. Uh, The walls have been torn down spiritually uh, and the gates have been burned with fire. Uh, Everything is now acceptable uh, in the house of God. Uh, We simply get to a place where uh, we think uh, we have to be tolerant. Uh, We have to be this and we have to be that. Uh, Can I tell you, I I know we're not the majority today, uh, and that's okay. Uh, I know most people in the church world today would rather uh, be at a barbecue tonight uh, instead of being in the house of God. Uh, God, forgive us this evening. Uh, I'm not been mean. I'm been real with you because can I tell you, uh, we have become so intoxicated uh, on entertainment. Uh, we have become so accustomed uh, to everything being what I want how I want when I want. Uh, Our worship is about us. Our preaching's about us. Uh, Nothing is reflective to the King uh, of kings and the Lord of lords. Can I tell you today, uh, we are witnessing the enemy walk in and steal our children uh, while we're singing hallelujah, but we are so distracted uh, that we don't even realize what's happening. Uh, Can I tell you, can I preach just for a few moments? Uh, The church has embraced a form of godliness, but we deny the power thereof. We refuse to pray and fast. We refuse to lay between the porch and the altar. We just want to go and be intoxicated by the things the world has and still want God. Can I tell you, we have lost our focus. We are burying a generation. We are burying multiple generations at the same time. All the time, we come to the house of God and say, oh, we want a move of God. Uh, Can I tell you a move of God is more than goosebumps up and down your spine. Uh, A move of God is more than a good church service uh, where somebody dances down the aisle. Uh, A good service. uh, Yes, I love them and we need them. uh, But can I tell you a good service uh, will not change a culture. Uh, It will not change a nation. Uh, It will not touch your family. Uh, But what will happen uh, is when you realize what William Booth said, uh, I am not waiting on a move of God but I am a move of God can I tell you what he was saying is I understand that I have to be a man of focus listen there's a lot of things I could do but Paul said I don't do why it's because he was focused he said I got to take this gospel to a Gentile 
millennial generation. I got to tell them that there's a man by the name of Jesus that is able to bring them to a place of freedom. Have we forgotten tonight what this thing's really about? It's not okay, my friend, for us to continue as we are. We must awaken and arise in this moment, uh, and we must regain our focus. Why, you may ask, is because the harvest must be brought in. It can no longer remain standing in the field, for it is ripe now. John chapter 4, verse 35, Say not ye there are yet four months and there cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest now. Here's what's happening in America today within church leadership. Well, we're going to just get through the winter months, and then hopefully come spring when the weather's break, we're going to try to do something in our community, really. Do you realize how many people's going to die before spring? Think about it. Let's think about it. I know there's many things to distract us. And yes, there's even things that try to strike fear into us. And there's even things that overwhelm us. But I have good news for those that will, who will believe and trust in the Lord. Things are not going to remain as they are for the remnant in this season. I don't come with a big message tonight, and I'm not going to keep you long. I'm going to keep you long enough to get this into your spirit with the help of the Holy Spirit. On November the 16th, I was alone with the Lord in this room off to the, my right and I spent much time with him. And there's some things that I'm going to share with you for the next few moments concerning where we are today and why I must say to you, we cannot be men and women that do not have focus. I have ministered before on a title of a momentary loss of focus, you'll find that just about any accident scene that you go to and you ask somebody what happened, they'll say this, I took my eyes off the road just for a moment. I didn't see. They say, I just reached over to get my phone or I just, I dropped my drink or I dropped my sandwich or I, 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 something took their eyes off the road just for a moment. Hear me today. We cannot waste another moment. In my time alone with the Lord as I was then, I was taken to this passage of Scripture and others. Nehemiah said, I am doing a great work. He understood the weight of what he was trying to accomplish. He understood what was before him and the task. And he, he realized, he said, I cannot come down. Do we understand how important our assignment is? Or have we forgotten that all of us in this room, under the sound of my voice and those by way of internet tonight, all of us have been given an assignment. 
we are ambassadors. That ambassador never takes his own message, but takes the message of another. And the message that you and I have been entrusted with is the good news. It's the gospel. We have to take that to our families, to our workplaces, to our community, as well as the nations of the world. But if we're not careful, we live in such a little bubble that we let the enemy bring such discouragement and falsehoods into our life that we begin to believe that it's not effective. But I have to tell you, God does not operate based on the climate of North America. God does not operate based on our theology or our ideology. There's a whole big world out there. And I will tell you this, that because of a lot of things that's going on in it, there is something that's very much alive that's called his church. It hasn't compromised. It isn't just barely breathing. It's not on life sport tonight, but it is very much alive. But we have become so accustomed to coming into our local churches in America and seeing empty pews and defeated saints that we think that is the condition of the church. That's a lie from the pits of hell. I want you to understand that I heard the Lord, because listen, I have been blessed to travel many places and be in many different environments with a lot of wonderful people. And one of the hardest things to do is when you go into a place where there is a moving of the Holy Spirit and a hunger for more, to then come back to America to a place of complacency and apathy. It can weigh on your mind. But as I was alone with the Lord, and I, I don't even know how I ended up in the condition that I was, but I was just meditating and spending time and, and letting him deposit into my spirit. And, and I was saying, God, I need to hear from you. I began to hear him say, don't be discouraged for that which I have anointed is still anointed. He said, my church is still alive. And he began to take me on a journey to places that I have seen and places that I've not yet been. And he simply began to deposit it in my spirit and it began to build in my spirit. And, I, and I, I've waited for the right time to deliver some of these things tonight. But, but it says, my plans have not changed, says the Lord, concerning nations. But great change is coming uh, and I will be glorified, says the Lord. This season of resistance I have permitted that you are now experiencing, uh, but I am now beginning to restrain it in areas that, that will be used as birthing centers for this move of my spirit that is coming at the beginning of this new year. 
He says, I am now releasing a prophetic utterance that will cause a freshness of Holy Spirit uh, to rise up in the leadership of my church. Uh, And there is those that have been battling a spirit of weariness. uh, But I am breaking that off my people, says the Lord. Uh, And I believe there's some of those individuals in this room tonight. And I want to pause here for a moment uh, and tell you I am not making light of your situation. Uh, Every one of us in this room has went through difficult seasons. We went through loss of loved ones. We went through unexpected attacks. And there's a heaviness and there's a spirit of weariness. But can I tell you, God says he's not done with you yet. And he wants you to walk out of this year into the next year free to be the ministering voice that he's called you to be. There are those that have been entrusted with specific assignments and they have felt like that they would not see them fulfilled. But I heard the Lord clearly in my spirit say they will see their assignment in a completed state. Uh, And he took me to Zechariah chapter number four. uh, And after the word of the Lord had been delivered to the people, he then comes to the prophet and says, go speak specifically to Zerubbabel uh, and tell him not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Uh, But you read on a little further and it says that which your hands have started they will come to a place of completion I come to tell somebody today you got to shake off all of the apathy you got to shake off all the lies of the enemy but I believe that God has allowed a generation to begin to start something that's going to bring about a harvest and that which we've set our hands to we are going to see it completed listen we are not going to pass on something that's dead and barely alive, but we will pass on to a next generation of leaders something that's full of life, something that's full of victory, something that is filled because God is still God tonight. Do not allow influencers to bend your ears with doubt and uncertainty and fearful thoughts, uh, but give your ears to my prophets for they are calling you to a place uh, of Holy Spirit power and authority. My house is currently going through a purging that is making ready for my arrival. But my arrival is quicker and closer than many believe. But he says, before I ascend from heaven... With a shout, I am first releasing a rain upon the earth that you have read about from the prophets of old. This rain will cause a harvest, and my house will be filled with those who have been scarred by the darkness of this world. But clearly, you will witness their transformation as I begin to dwell in them, and they will take on beauty. That will silence the demonic voice that scarred them and that tried to destroy them. The glory of this hour that I am now releasing will cause nations to tremble, says the Lord. You will witness many great disruptions of the enemy's plans. You will continue to see the hearts of men fail because of unexplainable resistance and exposure that they will begin to encounter. The things that they have labored in secret for for years that thought could not be defeated, the Lord says, I am getting ready to begin to spoil them on a more intense manner than anyone can imagine. 
Prepare your heart, says the Lord, for the noise that was heard in the upper room is returning to my people. Not only am I bringing a freshness of my spirit, but I am bringing a boldness to my people, says the Lord. My people will begin to disrupt every arena of life, from the political to the social to the media to the corruption of businesses as well as in the hearts of those that's in places within the religious arena that has ignored my call. He says, I'm getting ready to bring great disruption. I will continue to unveil demonic partnerships that will cause areas to become unstable. And this disruption will affect many systems in very strange manner. However, the Lord would say to you and I today, the redeemed of the Lord need not to worry, for provision will be granted. The favor that you have witnessed in 2022 will compare, will pale in comparison to what I'm getting ready to release in 2023. I want to pause there and tell you I believe that with all of my heart. And I can not stand here tonight and tell you how much favor God has given us in 2022. In many, many different ways. It is astounding. You walk by some of the things as you came in tonight, just pictures of a year in review. And I will tell you that is just a snapshot of some of the things that has happened in this ministry and in our lives personally. And can I tell you, it's just beginning. So I'm encouraged tonight. Please hear me. I hear the word of the Lord. And this was on November the 16th. I heard it very, very clear. And I know this is a little different. I don't normally preach this way. So just stay with me tonight. As well as I have anything in my life. On November the 16th. I heard the word glory repeated three different times. And it was sounded in my spirit with such authority and power. And what I believe that I saw following that is I believe that I saw three different waves coming, much like you would see the waves coming in off of the sea. And I've seen with each one of those waves, there was a greater intensity, greater than the first, greater than the second, and the third was greater than the first two put together. I believe that possibly, I can't say for sure, I don't know, but I believe possibly that these three sets of waves that I saw, I don't, I don't claim to be anything other than just trying to follow the heart of God, but I believe what I saw could possibly be three different fronts or three different seasons of an outpouring of the Holy Ghost that's coming in the year 2023. He did not give me greater insight on that, on exactly what that looked like, but there is a time when we will witness a return, I believe. And this presence that's getting ready to come is you're getting ready to bring the people of God back to a place where their appetites are going to change. Please hear me. There is a return to holiness that's getting ready to come to the house of the Lord. 
And if the house of the Lord refuses to walk therein, there will be a sign of Ichabod hung on the front of it and God will not play with it any longer. This is no longer a time to live and to stay in a place of lukewarmness. I hear the Lord very clearly in my spirit saying that the hour is too urgent. The time is too short. We have to do in the present. This return to holiness is going to cause a cry of repentance to begin to come up out of the houses of worship across this land as well as across the globe. And many dark places around the globe is going to begin to see a flame that has never even really flickered begin to burn brightly. And this is what I heard the Lord say, by the year 2024, there will be nations that look totally different than they do right now. Strongholds will be shattered, and God will be feared in many places for the first time in many, many years. And I'll go on record tonight, and I didn't know if I would do so, but I will go on record tonight and tell you, as I was driving this week, thinking of nothing, in my car all alone, I heard the Lord begin to just speak some of these things back in my spirit. And he said, put your eyes on Russia. He said, because my people have been crying now for few, uh, several months. And he said, the church is getting ready to awaken. And there is getting ready to be a great change in, the st in, in Russia. I don't know what that looks like. All I know is I was on the streets with a lot of Russian people just a couple of months ago with Pastor Phil. And there is such desperation for their young men not to be in a state of war with Ukraine that they're sending them to Armenia and other places. A city that we could drive through in 40 minutes two years ago took us three and a half hours to get through because of the immigration. But because of the cry of the church, I'm not saying anything other than this. It's very possible that those that's in power will not remain in power because something unexpected is going to happen because of the awakening of the church in a manner. And I believe possibly one of the first waves of glory that I saw is going to be in that part in that region of the world. The Lord began to speak very clearly and somberly to me and simply said, you must be focused because you will. You will encounter oppression. You will be ridiculed and you will be falsely accused. But he said, you will walk in victory if you stay focused. Tonight, he said, you'll walk in victory because my Holy Spirit's still present. I want to tell somebody in this room tonight, You've not felt very victorious. But if you'll stay focused, there's a victory that you can walk in. There is a validation that's coming to the house of God this year. And as they want to come and just begin to play softly tonight. I believe we can speak to how this validation is going to come to the house of the Lord. 
I heard the Lord in my spirit, Pastor Phil, and I, you can judge this one your spirit as well, and everyone in this room can do so. The validation that's coming is going to be, he said, think it not strange when you begin to see signs and wonders and miracles begin to be present. And he says, you're beginning to see it and hear it now, but it's getting ready to be even more. And as 2023 gets into the spring months, there's going to be an intensity of these signs and wonders and miracles. And he says, even as the waves of glory come, know this, there is a movement of healing that's going to be in areas where the prayer of faith has continually been prayed. I hear the Lord saying that in this season, I'm going to openly reward those who have labored faithfully in secret. I believe there's two areas that we're going to see a deliverance come, especially here in the United States of America. The first area that I believe we're getting ready to see a wave of healing come is going to be in the area of mental illness. I sincerely believe that there is a there's a release of healing that's coming to those. As well as within the walls of the church, there has been such a spirit of heaviness and weariness that has given birth to a state of depression. And I believe that there's some things that I saw that God is getting ready to begin to break depression off of this generation, young and old alike. Because there is a freedom that's coming. And I said this last year, and I, 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 I'm not here to try to make you feel good and warm and fuzzy today, but I, I'm here to tell you what God has given me. It's all I can do. And I know this is to be true because I witnessed this this week in my own home. You have to realize I, I wrote this on November the 16th and it says you're about to witness your babies and your young children be touched by the anointing hand of God and they will become carriers of the anointing. This week I shared with Brother Warren on Wednesday night little Jackson was in in the bedroom with me and I was gathering some things out of my closet and he loves music he loves instruments he drives them all crazy and that's awesome but we didn't do anything other than we was talk he was jabbering and carrying on with me and we always have some type of praise and worship 99% of the time in our house going and all of a sudden, the music, the intro music began to come out of my living room down the hallway to the song, I Speak Jesus. And all of a sudden, little Jackson that was not focused on anything other than being with his papa immediately stopped what he was doing, turned to the door, 
lifted his hands and ran out my bedroom to get to the living room because he is a carrier of the anointing. You hear me tonight? You wonder why your children have been fought so hard? You wonder why the enemy's doing everything in his power to disrupt and disturb? I declare to you today that reversals are coming. Undeniable supernatural events will cause a spiritual appetite to return. And there is a lukewarm atmosphere getting ready to be broken in the church in America. Not in every place, but in many places. Tonight, I end my time with you by simply asking you this. How focused are you? Nehemiah, it's in reproach. It's in ruins. Nehemiah, we're been overran. Nehemiah in his comfort could have ignored. Could have stayed sitting in the honored place as the cupbearer to a king in a different land. But he said, no, something's got to change. Unexpectedly, unannounced, it became a year of focus for Nehemiah. And because of that focus, he began to take a body of people that had just emerged from a place of captivity and he brought them to a place of natural revival that gave them to a spiritual revival because one man said, I will be focused. Tonight, it's not the easiest thing for me to stand here. But I made the decision I will remain focused. There is a completion that's coming that's going to bring about a reviving But it requires you and I to be focused. I did not plan this, but I'm going to ask these three ministers to my right to come and join me on this platform. I'm going to ask you to stand with me tonight in this house if you're able. If you're not, I understand. No one moving around. We have worshiped. We have sat at his table. You've heard of one of his servants tonight. 
But now we come to one of the most important part, if not the most important part, is that we approach his altar. Tonight, we have to be focused. We've gotten so accustomed to doing church that we no longer even use this part of the service half the time. Because we're more concerned about what we got to do later. Later can wait. We only have the now. There's a generation of young people that needs us focused. Jade, I want you to pray for them. Brother Austin, there's a generation of young adults that need us focused. I want you to pray for them. Pastor Phil, there's a generation of seasoned saints that's battling all sorts of things. and We need to, we need to lift them up tonight. I, I'd be honored if you'd pray for them. But I don't want you to just stand and listen to them pray. But I want us to intercede for these groups. And Pastor Phil, as you're praying for the saints in the church, I then want you to just begin to transition, if you would please, and just lead us in a prayer for the nations. Twenty-three and a half years ago, about a half a year before I began to take the reins of this ministry, and I received an unexpected call from my father that I would have never expected to get in a million years, a conversation I had with him that I never envisioned having, changed my life forever. I was driving yesterday, and I was reminiscing because we had been working on the boards and things, and I was reminiscing, and I said, just alone, and it brought a tear to my eye, and I said, I just found myself saying, God, I, I owe my life, literally, I owe my life to my father, because I don't know where it would be. I don't know what I'd be doing. But after that phone call, I realized this. It was not just to be something like I'd always known, but it was something for a global aspect. And I think we're still at the infant stage of those things. But I will tell you, I'm in the presence of men and women. And I don't think you realize tonight how much of the world we have already begun to touch because of your focus and your dedication to this house. But there's an intensity coming and it's going to require a lot from us. So I want us to stay focused. Pastor Jay, just begin, if you would, please. God, we come before you tonight. Lord, as a church, unified, praying and calling out for a generation. Lord, calling out for a group of young people that need to not only experience but see a move of God. 
And Lord Jesus, I pray over them right now the protection of your Holy Spirit, the guidance of your Holy Spirit. And I come against anything that would try to come and steal and kill and destroy the plans and the purposes that you have for their life. And God, I speak over them, Lord, that there would be young men and young women that would stand up in their generation and, Lord, lead and guide those around them towards holiness, righteousness. And, Lord God, that there would be those, Father, that would stand up like David did and say, I'll go, I'll fight, I'll worship, I'll praise, I'll preach, I'll teach, I'll do whatever I need to do, Jesus. I will be the voice. I will be the one that will call unto you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you raise up a generation, not of just churchgoers, but a generation of leaders, of missionaries, of intercessors, of Sunday school teachers, of pastors, of evangelists, Father. Lord, I ask that they experience everything that your Holy Spirit has to offer them. And Lord, I speak right now over their minds, Jesus. Lord, Lord, I speak that your Holy Spirit would consume any wicked thought, any depression or anxiety or fear or intimidation that would come at them. And Lord, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus and I speak over them a sound mind. I speak over them love and power. I speak over them anointing, anointing that will go forth and break yokes and bondages. Lord God, I believe that this is a generation that is going to take a wrecking ball to the enemy in his kingdom. Lord, that strongholds of addiction would fall in families. That alcoholism would flee. That drug addiction would flee. That pornography would flee. Lord, that they would be a people of boldness and authority in the name of Jesus. We pray and proclaim. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you tonight, Lord God, interceding for a generation of young adults, Lord God, that are in a season of their life, Father, that is very, very busy, a season of life where they're going to college, they're getting married, they're starting families, they're having children, Lord God, but right now, to all of the busyness, all of the stress, All of the overwhelming voice of the enemy saying that you can't do this, you can't do that, that you're too busy, there's too many things going on. Father, I speak a peace in their life right now. I speak a settling of the busyness and the chaos and all of the things that have their attention right now, God. I speak a settling. And I declare, God, a reminder that your Holy Spirit would come to them right now, Father, a reminding of the calling, of the purpose, of 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 the purpose that you have, that you've already shown them, that you've already came to them in dreams and visions and prophetic words, God, that you would remind them tonight. Yes, Lord. That you would show them, God, that you've not forgotten them. You've not left them. That you have not wrote them off, God. Oh, God. That they would remember, Lord God, what you've called them to do. That, God, a rekindling of the fire of your Holy Spirit. A rekindling, Lord God, 
a refocusing of the direction that you had in their life, Father. Oh, God, let us remember tonight. Let us remember tonight. The number one thing in our lives, God, is you. The number one thing in our life, Lord God, is you. Let us remember you tonight, as Pastor Phil said, Lord God, in the beginning of service. Let us remember you tonight, Father. Let us refocus on the calling. Oh, God, we've gotten busy, Lord. We've gotten busy, Father. We've gotten distracted. But I pray that your all-consuming fire would come once again into our lives and consume everything that is not of you, God. That it would consume everything, Father, that is taking our focus away from you, God. And that you would remind us, Lord God, of that purpose and the calling that you have for us, Lord. In Jesus' name. God, we pray for the seasoned saints, those of us that have been in your church for decades. We have followed after you with all of our heart, and we've seen change come. We've seen and experienced the ebb and flow of the church growing. We have experienced the challenges of changes in culture and society. We've experienced the change of leadership many times in many places. There has been acceptance and rejection of what you have planned. And Lord, we have become a group of people that are seasoned with the reality of living a Christ-like life, but we have lost our perfume. We have lost our sensitivity. We have lost our focus. But tonight you have come and reminded us that in these settled years, in these years of assurance and contentment, and being at ease and satisfied with the labors of our hands and the investments of our businesses. We have lost our cutting edge, but you have called us for such a time as this to be the firm voice, the voice of wisdom and reason, and the voices that would say, thus saith the Lord God of the earth. It is not finished. It is not well, but it will be finished and it will be well with us as we move forward in faith. Hallelujah. God, strengthen us. Yes, Lord. Strengthen us. Yes, Lord. Strengthen us. Hallelujah. Strengthen us. And may the Christ of Zion be supreme in each of us. May our spirit be that of joy and peace and fire. Yes, Lord. The fire of your Holy Spirit. Help us to remember 
the moves of your Holy Spirit historically from the day of Pentecost until this very day where in many instances we have been close-minded to the fact that your Holy Spirit has moved in every stream of the church in the awakenings of yesterday, in Cane Ridge, in the Jesus movement, uh, and the other present day movements. Uh, we have as senior citizens in the sense of the church, we have become judgmental and it has cost us fruit, but God restore unto us the openness of Holy Spirit in our life, the empowerment of Holy Spirit, and let us realize that you are not a partial God. You are not a segregationist. You are one who has come for the all of humanity. Yes. Yes, Lord. Father God, now we pray for the nations of this earth. Not only the nations that our partnership of ministries are engaged in Belize, Guatemala, Armenia, Liberia, Uganda, Turkey. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh, God, stir us with the Great Commission. God, stir us to understand that we don't have to get on a plane, that we don't have to get on a bus, we don't have to get in a car, but God, we can get on our knees in our prayer closet and we can touch the nations of the earth through intercessory prayer. Revive the spirit of intercession in the body of Christ tonight. Oh God, revive intercession for the nations. Holy Spirit, bring the revelation of kingdom expansion in this local church, in the local churches of our community, of our nation, and the nations of the earth. Thank you for the word concerning Russia. Thank you, God, for the revolution that's taking place in Iran right now. That's leading to the opening for the church that is there to be celebrated but yet united with the church outside to where that we become a force in that nation. 
Lord, we pray for the nations of the earth tonight. But we pray for our privileged nation. The nation we love. The nation we live in. We tarry in intercessory prayer for this awakening. An awakening by your Holy Spirit. And the awakening has begun because his pastor has challenged us tonight that there is a remnant that is focused and it's going to penetrate every area of our culture and society. So be it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. As we stand in the presence of the Lord this, this evening, I know there are those that would say it's different. Things have changed. I remember this and I remember that. Here's what I want to read in your hearing. First, I want to read, Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? Many of us, we have saw God move. We've, we've been in great revival meetings, seen things change. Now some would say, well, what we're seeing be built now, it's just not the same. I want to speak to Zerubbabel for a moment because I believe there's a Zerubbabel generation in this room. And it's not confined to a certain age. The Lord said to the prophet, said, yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, says the Lord. Notice the Lord said it. He didn't, man didn't say it. What's important is that we know what the Lord said. He said, oh, be strong, Joshua. Be strong, all you people of the land. And work. I know we don't like that word in our culture, but, and work. For I am with you. He says, according to the covenant that I have. When you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you. So don't fear. For the Lord says that yet once and yet in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations. And the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. Silver is mine, the gold is mine. Greater than any of that, verse number nine, the glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, says the Lord. And in this place, I will give peace, says the Lord. 
we've prayed for the young. We've prayed for the young adults. We've prayed for your seasoned saints. We've prayed for nations. But I don't want to just leave it that broad. I'd like to make it just a little bit more personal. And I want to talk to you just for a moment. You may have walked in this room tonight as we're closing out this year. Just a couple hours left. And you'd say, my joy is not not where it needs to be. My peace isn't where it needs to be. My, all of this weight is all over me. And I'm not questioning anyone's salvation this evening, but if you're here and you never surrendered your life to the Lord, there's no time like the present to do so. But I believe everybody in this room probably has. I celebrate that with you. But also know this, we all go through seasons where the enemy tries everything in his power to destroy. But as we stand, and I just feel the reverence of the Holy Spirit in this room. And we're going to go next door and we're going to have food and fellowship. And I want all of you to do that with us. But before we do that, I want you to hear. I want you to hear Holy Spirit tonight. Simply just whisper to you, you're loved. You're valuable. And God's not done with you yet. He's got new things. And the things in this season that's coming are going to be greater than the things in the former. Sometimes it's hard for us to get our mind on and get it grasped around it. But I've got to take you back to the psalmist where he says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. He's still good. He's still good. I know we don't understand it all. We don't know why certain things are. But you've put your faith in him. You put your trust in him. And he's not going to abandon you. But I believe we're entering into this latter house. And there's an intensity of the glory that's coming. And I believe there's breakthrough. I believe there's miracles. I believe there's healing coming to you and yours. I believe families are getting ready to be touched with an anointing. Things are going to break off. Doesn't mean we're not going to have issues we have to navigate through. But I'm telling you, there's going to be some things that has been haunting the people of God that getting ready to be washed over by a Red Sea anointing. And you're not going to deal with them ever again. How's that happen? I've simply just been willing to say, Lord, I need you. And I put my trust in you. So right now, if you're under the sound of my voice, I'm going to ask you if any of those things describe where you are right now. If there's one thing I could I ever, that I wish I could ever get through to every individual 
that I ever come in contact with, and that is this. This place right up here is not a place of weakness, but it's a place of strength. And there is no, there should never be any embarrassment to come. Here's what we'll do. We'll join our faith with you, and we're going to pray for strength and encouragement and peace and healing virtue to come, healing to come where it needs to. But I want to give you an invitation. Sister Emma, you ready just to sing a chorus? If you're under the sound of our voice tonight and you'd say, you know what, I just need some strength, I need some encouragement, I just need God to minister to me, we'll ask you to come right now. Stand in front of this building. We'll pray with you right now. Is there one? Is there one? God bless you. God bless you as you're coming. God bless you. Men of God, would you help me just pray for those that are coming?